We've talked about having the heart of the Father, right? His, fa- his heart is that none should perish. So it's not good enough that I've made a confession and I'm heading to heaven. Like, if that was the goal, he would have taken me the minute I confessed, repented of my sins and confessed. He left me here for a reason, right? And gave us one mission, go and make disciples. Do you know that we could fill up this church and still not fulfill the mission? We just maybe have a better band. I'm just being real. Maybe better coffee. You can fill the entire building and not have made one disciple. The mission he gave us was go make disciples. So not only share the gospel with those who don't know it, but then raise them up to be powerful, to do the things that Jesus did. Come on. It's really in my heart this, this week as we're coming to an end to this idea of more Lord and how we walk in this way. Um, really my heart, like, but God, the power, like the power and the joy that we do that out of because you can know what you need to do and how many of you know sharing the gospel out of obligation is miserable. Like I should tell someone about Jesus. I should, I should do that. Like, come on. It's like the guy who called you 20 times for a date and you're like, maybe if I just say yes. I'll stop going. Sometimes God takes that position in our lives where we have forgotten how to live in the light. We've just started following rules. And now to do what he has said, it's like, oh, I guess I should. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Bible talks about there's a form of godliness, but there's no power in it. Right? It's just following the rules. And if you're just following the rules, how many of you know? You can get holy on the outside, but be really mean on the inside. Have you known people who maybe holy on the outside? Have you been that, per- right? And I really believe today God's saying, just li- I want to call you to live in the light. And for some of you in the room, maybe that's him restoring the joy of your salvation. You lived in the light. Like, you know what it's like to live out of that joy. It's effortless to talk about Jesus because it's just coming out of you. Like, he's just doing so much in your life, you can't help but talk about it. Like, you've had those seasons, and some of you feel like maybe those seasons are being revived over a period of time. You can feel he's reviving that. For some of you, it happens at a moment, but maybe that's what the issue is. Like, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, for some of you, maybe it's like, I need you to restore my first love. Like, you are Lord. I need to put you in the rightful place, right? Because idols tend to creep in to our lives. And I'm not just talking about things that are obvious like money or Buddha statues. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm talking about sometimes even like our reputation can be an idol. What people think of us can be an idol, right? The things that we let the hamster roll, <laughs> run around in our mind about. Take up time and energy and, until we're distracted totally. How many of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You know because you have a friend who maybe. He says, listen, God is light. There's no darkness in him. There's no darkness in him. How many of you want to be standing in that light? There's no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship him and walk in darkness, we lie and you not practice the truth. Maybe for some of you, there's like a besetting sin. I'm talking about besetting sin. There's stuff where you're like, man, this is terrible, but I'm stuck. 
I believe that Jesus can bring transforming, setting free power into this room. Because he's not saying walk in the light and then waiting for us to try. What does he do? Come walk in the light. And he takes our hand and he, come on, guides us all the way in. When we were stuck in our sins and trespasses, what did he do? He came from heaven to die on a cross for us. He certainly is not sitting there now saying, I'm not going to lift a finger, you do it. I told you what to do, now you do it. Come on. If he can lift the cross for our sake, then the thing I need him to move today, he will surely come. He will surely come (laughs) and lift. I'm going to partner with him. But listen, he always does the heavy lifting. He always does the heavy lifting. So what does it look like to walk in the light? To know we live in the assurance of our salvation. I have confessed him as Lord. And even on my worst day, I am covered in the righteousness of Christ. Romans chapter 5. If I'm a believer, the Father looks on me and sees no sin in me because I am covered in the righteousness of Christ. And you have to know that. Because in your time of need, you need to be able to run into his throne of grace where you can find mercy in your time of need and not hide in shame, right? What if I didn't need things from everybody else because my needs were met in him? That's what it looks like to walk in the light. There's no darkness in him standing in the light. I'm not just saved from hell, right? When I've made my confession of faith, but all of my needs are met in him, in this life and in the life to come. That's what it means to make him Lord. If you have a Lord, your whole life is his, but guess what? If there's a Lord, he's also responsible for your life. If you live in a little fiefdom, the Lord is responsible for your well-being. And my life belongs to him. Listen, think about that. What if we really allowed ourselves to believe my needs are met in God? My needs are met in the Lord. I can go to bed every night. I can wake up every day and say nobody owes me a thing. Nobody owes me a thing. But wait a minute. But my, my boss... I need him to think well of me so I get the promotion. What if your promotion is in God's hands and not your boss's hands? But if if I don't have a boyfriend, I won't feel loved. If I what if you what if you totally are loved? Whether anybody else ever loves you again. Because he's meeting your needs for worth. Come on. What if I don't have to have, like, seek out drama and create drama anymore because all the attention I need, I am getting? I begin to believe the eyes of God are on me. He has ordered my steps. 
He actually has numbered the hairs on my head. All the attention I need. Come on, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? What does it look like to live in the light? To actually say, you're Lord, not just need to get to heaven, but you are making provision for all things in this life. Come on. But you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know the circumstance. That's only because I'm expecting my needs to get met through those people. What if I can let everybody off the hook and nobody has to meet any more of my needs? <laughs> Not because my heart's callous and I don't care, I don't need anybody, but actually my heart's even softer than it was before. My needs are getting met, so now I can just be love. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I really believe there's a call in the house today just to say, come further and further in especially if you felt like you're stuck, like you love him, but you're stuck, or you feel like, man, I need to revive my first love. I know what it's like to live in that joy. And maybe it's coming back, or maybe I want to come back, but I, I'm not, I can feel he's calling me to a place I'm not there yet. Maybe there's been an issue of sin that's gripped you, and you're like, today, I need to lay it down. I need to like not just come because it feels bad to have the sin, but I need to stay at the altar till I hate that thing. I need to let him so fill me that he transforms my desires and my mind. How, how are you doing? So we're going to worship a little bit. And if that's you, your heart's like, more Lord, man, I, man, I want to live fully in the light. I can feel like there's more that I want to live in. And he's been drawing you to it. You've been, fe- I just feel like there's people in here, you've been feeling this drawing for a long time. Maybe some of you for the first time today, but many of you I feel like you've been feeling, man, there's more, there's more, there's more. Come on. I feel like there is an outpouring for us today. And anybody who wants it can have it. That's what I feel like. And I, I just want to encourage you, come and offer him something that costs you something. Come on, because if he's going to reorder some stuff in our lives, it might take some radical change. Some of these ways of thinking are going to take some radical change. I really felt like God challenged me because um, I was like, I, I, I feel like it's time for fast. So I was going to do a fast, and I was feeling super proud of myself because I was going to do a fast. And I felt like God was like, can you fast till June? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and I really felt like he's like, would you, would you fast till June? Like water fast and then eat off like a list of 10 things and then water fast and eat off the same list. And I was like, you know what, Jesus, I will do anything you ask me to do. I mean, my flesh was like, are you joking? Um, but my spirit was like, yes. And not, not because I've got to perform to get something from him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, it's not about like, if I do this, he'll do the other thing for me. It's like, he's like, I need, I want to radically reorder some things. Come on. So as you come, come in a place of surrender and hunger. And also maybe there's something he puts in your heart. Man, if he does, offer him something that costs you something. Like, man, whatever you want is yours. Whatever you want, whatever you want. And so we're just going to take some time to do that. Um, some prayer team folks, if, if you want to come up, but you might want to come up just to receive yourself. Um, let's just come on up. We're going to worship. If, if that's you, if that's resonating with you, would you come up and just, no one's even necessarily going to come pray for you. You're just going to cry out to God for yourself. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Hallelujah In the presence of my enemies
Before I started talking, um, God gave Gary a word, so he's going to share it. It's a good word. Okay, I'll just talk. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, I was back there, and then said, uh, you know, and I, uh, God gave me a word as she was speaking. He said, people need to come up front. Said God wants, not for himself, but for you to really receive, you've got to give a little bit of a sacrifice. It's his, his light is up here, right? Is his light up here? And uh, the word was sacrifice a little bit. Come on up, even if it's for a second, walk through. Uh, he's here. You can't get it back there. He's limiting himself. He's limiting himself right now. And he's saying it's right here. So come on. Sing it again. Let's do it. Amen. You know, I felt um, also um, those people in the room, maybe some are already up here. Um, but I specifically felt some of you in this room, God has given you a specific word. Maybe not someone to you, but you have felt in your heart at different points in your life, God has said, if you ask, I'll give it to you. Um, and I feel like specifically he's told you that about people, like people that, that need to know him, that he has given you a grace. Um, maybe it's on other things too, but I feel like there's one in this room where God has given you a grace. And if you've had a word like that, that's a gift of faith, I believe he's given you. And God's saying, if you'll ask, I'll give it to you. Maybe you've gotten distracted by things of life and um, and different seasons you draw closer to him when you remember that and, and you see his hand in your life, but it kind of ebbs and flows as the cares of this world distract. But if that's you, I really feel like there is a fresh touch of God for you. Um, I specifically, and there's more than one, I think, in this room who you specifically have had God say things to you like, if you ask, I will give it. If you ask, I will give it. He's given you a position, uh, a place with him uh, where he trusts your heart. You want the things he wants. And he's told you, if you ask, I'll give it to you. And I believe that he is stirring that up today. Um, not to be, not to ebb and flow, but he, there's a trajectory he has you on. I believe he wants to stir that up and renew that. And so let's take a minute. Let's just continue worship just for a minute. As we keep asking God, we keep laying ourselves before him and just saying, God, come and do what you want to do. Whatever that prayer of your heart is, whether it's restore my first love or restore the joy of my salvation or more, whatever it is, let's take another minute and worship. And just give him room. Give him room. Amen.
Playing. If you're praying, just keep praying. If you're here up front and you want to sit on the floor, you can. If you're in the congregation, you want to sit, you can. I just want to say a few things just to guide us from the Word. Living in the light, as He is in the light, means I'm surrendering myself fully to salvation. I'm not just saved for heaven. I'm not saved because He can do good things for me. 
because we're not incorporating Jesus into our life. He becomes our life, right? So if, if the message, if the good news we've heard is, hey, Jesus can do a bunch of good stuff for you, then I have all my agendas and my dreams, and I say, okay, Jesus, now come fulfill those things. And if you don't, I'm disappointed, and if you, right? But that's not what the good news is. The good news is he has saved me, not just for my sins, but he has saved me to new life in him. I'm not incorporating him into my dreams. I'm not incorporating him into my life. I am dying. The old man has died. And I have been raised to new life in him. <clears throat> Sometimes we get frustrated with God because we're praying prayers based on ideas we have of how things have to turn out and all the things that need to happen to get the thing we need. When really what we needed all along was him and to know who we are in him. And once you have your identity in him, you don't really need anything else, right? You have a terrible boss who's treating you bad and you don't have to worry about your job because that job was just a resource. He is your source. It doesn't mean you're callous to it, but you're doing what he said, which is work as unto the Lord. Even when you have a terrible boss, work like you're working for Jesus, produce your best work. And I can do it with a glad heart with a bad boss because uh, you know what? He's my provision. So I, my life and how I feel and the joy I live in doesn't go up and down based on my circumstances and how well I'm being treated. Sometimes we're praying things like, you know, God, you've got to come through and give me a car, pay this bill or do this thing. Sometimes you're going to get put in a position where the provision you thought was coming comes in a whole different way. You might end up sharing a car and building a relationship with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, has, has he provided ultimately for what you needed? Sure, but we have ideas of how it has to happen. And so we get disappointed because we bring him our dreams and say, make this happen. We bring him, right, our goals and say, make this happen. When he's saying, just listen. Just listen to what I'm telling. I've got whole different goals for you. And they're so good. And you may not even know what the end goal is. You may know the next step, right? Which just kills all of our control issues, right? You may know the next step. Do you trust me? Just take it. When scripture talks about, I put all my trust in you, here's what it's talking about. I can die to myself and what I think life should look like, and I can trust you to be raised to new life in you and live now according to your purposes for me. The Bible says if you're a believer, he has ordered your steps. He has ordered your steps. That means I can wake up and say, nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me anything. Because God is my provision. Because I am loved by God, I don't need you to love me. It's great when you do. We don't callous our hearts and say, I don't need you, right? But I don't need you to love me. Are you with me? When I know I'm loved by God. So guess what? That means my husband can't fail today. That means I can't fail him. Because I'm loved by God. So whatever he does in kindness to me today, it's just like whipped cream. Are you with me? Can we really, what if we put all our trust in him? What if we didn't say, I'm going to live in the light because I need heaven, but the rest of it, I'm trusting in the ways of this world to make stuff happen. 
what I think I might need. Listen, if we live in this way, where we say my identity is now in you, my new identity is in you, my identity is in him, I am who he says I am, then tomorrow my level of joy, my level of provision, the degree to which I'm living a meaningful life has nothing to do with what somebody else does to me. Come on now. Come on. Living in the light means, guess what? My level of joy, my level of provision, my level of meaningfulness, the things that can produce my life that mean something or significant has nothing to do with what somebody else does to me. He has ordered my steps. He has ordered my steps. This is why Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. They could have been like, we're just preaching your gospel. We're doing what you told us to do. What's wrong with you, God? No, how do they respond? He's ordered our steps, and our steps just went to prison. What do they do in prison? Worship and rejoice. Come on. Come on. There are circumstances where if I haven't died to my own dreams, my life feels like a prison. But if I, if I can believe the word that says I am loved of God, he's willing that none should perish, that includes me, for God so loved the world, I was in the world, right? I'm part of that, that he gave his only son. If I can believe what he says is true about me, all of a sudden, all those other things get canceled. Come on. When we live like that, it confronts all my hurts. Come on. When I say all my needs are met in you, nobody owes me anything, it confronts every hurt, it confronts every disappointed hope, it confronts everyone's failed, expect my fa people's failures of what I expected, it confronts my unforgiveness, it destroys my record of wrongs. When you wake up and say nobody owes me anything, I have Jesus, come on. What is my records of wrongs about? Because I still am holding on to hurt and I expect you to come back and fix it someday. Like, good luck with that. <laughs> right? Not because you maybe weren't legitimately hurt, but come on. Nobody owes me anything. I, I know who I am in Christ. I am loved of God. He has ordered my steps. And when this life is done, I just get to pass through the veil of the new life I was already living here. Loved of God. When I believe I am loved of God, and so I can believe that nobody owes me anything, it will knock every chip off my shoulder. Come on. Come on. When you can walk that way in the light, all of a sudden, you're not having to think, man, I should share my faith. It's just coming out of you. Because every day when you wake up and the enemy speaks lies to you, you can be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I went to bed saying nobody owes me a thing. I woke up saying nobody owes me a thing. I have new life in Christ. Nobody can give me anything more than what I have in him. What are the things we think we need more of? More people to like us. More money, more stuff. 
then my faith is in people to like me, that then I'll have joy. My faith is when I finally have enough money, I'll have joy. Come on. That's what I'm putting my faith in. And I'm not denying there are terrible circumstances people can be in. But that's exactly when you must put all your hope in the Lord. Come on. And we walk in the light. Jesus says in Luke, if you're not little flock, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you all things. What's he talking about? Lamborghini? Do they make Lamborghinis anymore? Oh, they do, they do. Lamborghini? What is he saying? He's been teaching them the Father's heart. And when you have the Father's heart to see God's glory demonstrated, when you have the Father's heart to really know, you're like, he wants to know you and you want to know him. Guess what? He will give you all things. He changes our desires. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives favor and honor. Think about that. The Lord is your sun and your shield. On a dark day, he's your sun. On a bright day, he shields you from the glare. He's your sun. He's your shield. The Lord gives favor and honor. You got somebody coming against you? You got circumstances piling up against you? The Lord is the one who can give you favor and honor. And it may never come from the person you think you need it from. But he will provide the favor and honor you need to walk out what he's called you to do. Amen? He holds back nothing good from those who walk in the way that is right. He withholds nothing good from those who walk in the way that is right. Nobody owes me a thing. My needs are met in Christ. He withholds nothing good from those who walk upright. If I'll just keep following his steps, and there's circumstances where doing it God's way seems counterintuitive, doing it God's way seems stupid. If I could just use a few worldly tools to get what I think I need. If you'll walk in the right way, he will bring provision. This is what his word says. If you will walk in the way that is right, then he's the one who can make provision. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Come on. Whose good opinion do you think you need <laughs> for your life to be okay? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, David's a little dramatic. To eat up my flesh. He was under attack. My enemies and foes, they stumbled and they fell. When people came against me, they stumbled and they fell. Come on, he doesn't say people came against me and I got a good shot in. They stumbled and they fell. Come on. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident that one thing I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek, 
that I would dwell in his house, which this is Old Testament. So what is he saying? That I would have your presence, that I could be in your presence. What is he doing? He's walking in the light. Here are all these things coming against me, all these things I think I might need, but here's where my one desire stayed, that I would have his presence. That's walking in the light. What's the one thing you need? Him. Whose approval, the one approval you need? His. Not in a callous, hardened way, like, oh, I don't care, but like in a, with your heart soft to say, I can love you, but I don't need this from you. <laughs> right? Because one thing I've desired of the Lord, and this I will seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, right? What is it like to walk in the light? I make my one desire to know you. The one thing I must have is to know you. I inquire, I want to know more of you. I look upon your beauty, I worship. Ooh, what distracts us from that? Maybe not even bad things, but how many of you know we are a society full of distraction? If we could keep our eyes fixed, here's the one thing, my one desire, to know him, to be in his presence, to worship, to behold his beauty. For in the, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also on me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek. Come on, what is he saying to us today? Seek my face. Come live in the light. Come live with this purpose to know me. And we'll respond, yes, Lord, your face I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Listen, he's getting down to like foundational relationships, right? What's one thing we're told over and over again? If your parents screwed you up, you're screwed up. Well, guess what? <laughs> Come on. Everything revolves around how well did your parents do. Man, your parents were just people who were meant to reflect the parental nature of God, the nurturing nature of God, the provision nature of God, the loving nature of God. So that we would turn to him. Hear what I'm saying? Listen, these are the most foundational, like in terms of what we need, these are the most foundational things, right? If you can get past this, you can believe he'll provide for everything. If, right, mother, father, listen, God doesn't come and fill in what our mom and dad lacked. Our mom and dad were pointing us to the actual father. And so if you missed out on this level, guess what? Somehow he still got your attention. And they were only pointing you to the real father. He's not just making up for what they didn't do. Are you, are you with me? Come on. And this is what he says, I'm a father of the fatherless. 
I'm a father to the orphan. This is why David says, even if my mother and father forsake me, I have found what I need in you. Come on. Those who are supposed to love you, mom and dad, husband, wife, kids, friend. I don't ebb and flow based on how they're doing. Why? Because I have found what I need in him. Come on. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. So whatever we're going through probably is like a level down from, from what he's describing. And he's saying we can trust God, even when false witnesses come against you, even when people are violently attacking you, yet his hope is in him. And then he says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. The things he's believing for, King David, the things he's believing for, he's not saying someday in heaven, it's all going to be, what is he saying? I have believed I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And if I couldn't believe that, my heart would have failed. We will see the goodness of God while there is still breath in our lungs. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And if you don't believe that, you lose hope. Is there a completion? We're finally with him? Sure. But how many of you know until then, we should be seeing his glory? beginning to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Be in his presence. Stay focused on him. Live in the light. When we walk in the light, we're not driven by need because our needs are met in him. Again, 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin. Okay, so this is crucial. So we want to walk in the light, fellowship with him, right? That's the most crucial thing. My needs are met in him. But then he says, and we have fellowship with one another. How I relate to the people around me radically changes if I walk in the light. Why? Because my needs have gotten met in him. And so now I'm able to love people because nobody owes me anyth anything and all I need to do is love. Doesn't matter how you treat me. Love is what can come out of me. When people don't treat you right, I'm not saying you don't have proper boundaries and all that kind of stuff, but when people don't treat you right, why does something other than love come out? Because we get hurt and offended. We get hurt and offended because we feel like, well, that's not fair. That's not right. That's not how it should go as if they've created some deficit in us, right? Have any of you had your children say something to you that wasn't awesome? Anyone? Anyone? You know. If your seven-year-old says something that's not awesome, 
Like, hey, mom, I have a teacher who wears makeup. Why don't you? That happened once. Um, right? I didn't say, oh, my relationship to my seven-year-old is totally changed. I laughed and said, not on Tuesdays. <laughs> right? It didn't change. Why? I wasn't looking for my seven-year-old to give him my identity. <laughs> so it didn't offend and hurt me. But we walk around getting hurt and offended by people, upset about things, because we, we, it, it is an indicator to us. Wow, there's an area I need to trust the Lord. I thought I needed their good opinion to feel okay about myself. And you know what? That just shows me, hmm, there's even more I can trust God. Are you with me? We have fellowship because my needs are met. So we have fellowship with God, and now I can have fellowship with believers because my needs are being met in Him. I'm loved by God. Now I'm free to love. John 3. For this is the message that we have heard from the beginning. 1 John 3. That we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. When my heart condemns me, what do I say? You don't tell me my identity. God tells me my identity. Come on. Even when our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Listen, our whole, our society has said, listen to your heart, listen to your heart, listen to your heart. No, talk to your heart. You tell your heart what to think. Come on. When your heart is telling you things that are contrary to the word of God, you put your heart in its place. Your heart has to listen to your spirit. Come on, even when my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. When we're living in this way, in fellowship with God, living out love toward others, what happens? We begin to see a flow of the spirit of God. We receive what we ask of him. Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of Jesus, his Christ, his son, and love one another. We believe and we love. Just as he, was command, just as he has commanded us, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Right? 
so my heart condemns me, what happens? The Spirit of God is within me and has made my spirit alive. And he has teamed up with my spirit to put my heart in its place, to put my mind in its place. Because I'm living out of what God says is true. Come on. So how does this tie into sharing our faith and the whole idea of more Lord and partnering with him? Well, because it doesn't stop with God loving me. It's me becoming love. Right? It's not just, oh good, God loved me, but now he comes to dwell within me and he conforms me to the image of his son. I was transformed by the love of God and now I become God's hands extended, his minister of reconciliation with love. It's so quiet. This isn't controversial stuff. This is, this is pretty boilerplate Christianity, right? Right? So we stop at like, oh, you know I'm loved. Yeah, get your identity set in him. But don't just stop with, I've received something from him. You have received to be transformed. God's love isn't just to make us feel special. It's to transform us into his likeness. When we need touches of God over and over again, because we're like, I need attention, I need attention, I need attention, that tells us we have lost focus. We've stopped living out of our identity in him and having our needs met by him. And so every touch of God becomes self-absorbed. How many of you are with, we need to get to a place where like, we know who we are in him. We are walking in the light. We occasionally might need reminders. But now when God is touching us, it's to fill us. To go and be his hands and feet and do his stuff. Heal the sick, raise the dead, deliver the oppressed. My confession of faith gets me into heaven, but it doesn't change lives. Love does. Come on. It can't just stop with my confession of faith for me. I need to let him finish the work of salvation in me so I can become love. That's how we actually share our faith. It starts with God help to orient my heart toward you. If I'm not desiring your presence, change my desires. Because we're in his presence, we remember who we are, we're filled with him, and then we just live out of what's naturally coming out of us, which is the love of God. The Lord is willing that none should perish. John Wesley said, which I said a couple weeks ago, we have one business on earth, it's to save souls. We owe the world an encounter with God. We owe the world an encounter with God. Paul says it this way. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. As we live out of God's love, his gospel, we recognize how beautiful it is, not just for me and not just for someday in the hereafter, but right now. Would you stand? Worship team, thanks for hanging out <laughs> on, on the stage. We're going to take just a few more minutes to respond to God. Pray to me if you come on up. I know we've already worshipped and, and we've prayed. But I just want to give opportunity. If you're in this room and you're far from God, maybe you haven't been sure what you believe about God. 
but you know you need to be saved. You, do people have something you're like, I don't know what it is, but I need it. People can pray with you about that. Maybe you're sick in body, need healing. Maybe there's things you want to respond to that got stripped with the word, or maybe you just want to respond in worship. But let's take a few minutes and just respond to him. Just take a little more time and respond to him. He's so good. He's so good. Let him solidify. Let him solidify your identity in him. If you've repented of your sins and made Christ Lord, come on. The spirit of Christ has come to dwell within you. He will withhold nothing. Nothing. He gives you his kingdom without measure. You can believe all of this is true and yet believe it's true for everybody else and somehow feel like you are the one who for some worthy are you for some reason are uniquely unworthy. Come on. Let him stir up belief in you. You are loved of God. You are loved of God. Let him finish his work in you and turn you into love. You are loved of God. Loved of God. Let's respond to him.
before we go, can we just encourage one another just for a minute? Some of you in this room, there's circumstances you're facing and um, you want God to reorient your thinking. Like, how do I put my trust in you in this situation? Maybe the thing you're facing is a person who's come against you. Maybe it's a job situation that feels like it's going south. Maybe it's a money situation. Could be a spouse, in which case, don't raise your hand. If they're here. <laughs> Could be a neighbor. But there's a situation where you really need God to do a work in your heart to say, maybe it's, it's sickness in your body, you need God to do a work in your heart that says, my trust is in you, my hope is in you, and now I can just be loved. <laughs> maybe a situation where there's genuine hurt and, and difficulty, God wants to come and minister to that place. We are going to see his goodness in the land of the living. So that's you, you're, just, you're in the thick of a situation you're just in the thick of a situation where you need God to do a transforming work. Would you just raise your hand? The people around you are just going to come around you and just begin to encourage you, pray for you. I know, Sally, raise your hand for Dave. Dave had another procedure this week and another organ that's going south. So listen, Dave, those of you who know Dave Maxwell, he is our guinea pig in faith. We have seen healing, but we are believing for God to restore every organ in Dave's body for the glory of Jesus. <laughs> and with every procedure, it's like, Jesus, you're going to get more glory. <laughs> so some of you come around Sally and pray for her. We're going to believe for total healing for Dave. Dave is the reason why we even began to first um, really feel like we want this to be a place where diabetes leaves. Like people hit those back doors and diabetes leaves their body. Like a diabetes-free zone. It's just for the glory of God. Like how cool would that be? For the unbeliever to know, like, if you come in this space, diabetes leaves your body. I don't know. That's awesome. Jesus can do that kind of stuff. For the glory of his name. He can, we're just believing for a diabetes-free zone, and it's that specifically. So um, let's pray. If, you, if you're facing a circumstance, it could be a person, it could be financial, it could be work-related, just raise your hand, and we're going to pray as we, as we finish out today. Okay, if you're with somebody, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. And specifically, you're not even, you can pray for the situation to resolve, but you're really praying for their heart, for just to have a revelation of God and his provision. They can put their trust in him. We're looking for a shift so that they can put this thing in the light and just walk in the light, and it has no more authority over them. Can't rob their joy. Can't steal time in their head. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Let's sing as they pray. Let's just sing. One more time. Light of the world, you sent down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that makes this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with.
we have a revelation on a Sunday and we need brothers and sisters in Christ to help us live in that Monday through Saturday right so we have such a clear we have a clear vision revelation of who we are in Christ and we're filled with that hope and then by Tuesday right old habits of thinking old patterns right we just kind of go back and we kind of forget kind of that 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 closeness we have with God and his revelation about who he is and who we are in him. And so I want to encourage you. This is where the body of Christ comes in. We need to encourage one another. We need to encourage one another. If someone comes to your mind this week, just take a second and text them. Say, hey, we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Just remind them, right? You have everything you need in him. Be reminded you have everything you need in him. We're going to pray together before we go. Encourage somebody before you go, though. We can't encourage too much, really. Genuine encouragement. Can't be too much. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you're sitting near people, if you're praying, keep praying. But if you're sitting near people, would you just either link arms or would you just connect with someone near? We're going to pray, as we pray together, we're going to pray connected in the most non-awkward way whatever non-awkward way you can find. We want to get physically connected. We can hold a hand or hold an elbow or put an arm around somebody. Let's get physically connected. You may have another person next to you that's even better. You're part of the body of Christ. You're introduced now. You're in the same family. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory <laughs> forever. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless you. Encourage somebody. <laughs>